There are many things that we pray for. And but for the lack of persistence. Faith its nature is persistence. We do everything by faith. And everyone in the body of Christ. Amen. Today we're speaking about an interesting subject. About the fact that we're saying the church is subject to God. Whom is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit only. Our authority is basically the authority that is only under God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Beside the Father or God himself, there's no any other authority that we are under in terms of the spiritual authority. So there's something that I, I have marked actually as I was preparing you know, the, the, the preaching today. The fact that there is something which is divine. There's something that is of you know, godly power in the knowledge itself. You know, we're saying in this, in, in, this, in this nation that education is the key, right? And what do you get from education? You get understanding, you get knowledge. You get the academic understanding. Mainly, certain things, it's just that, you know, they have been, they've been uh, discovered that this is how it is. And they, they bring definitions and concepts about, you know. And it is just basically structured in that way. And many, many other things. Like we're saying in the morning, that in this world, it seems as if, you know, to have knowledge of certain things, know your surroundings, know what is happening, the, the economic status, the political status, you know, the celebrities, and the entertainment. You need to know people, because if you don't know people, including celebrities, it's more like you are, you are, you are not into, you know, the move of that time. You're not in class. And actually... You might find that you cannot even strike conversation and even connect. And with guys, I know I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. If you don't watch soccer and you don't know anything, you will sit in the midst of guys and have nothing to say because of you don't have the knowledge. You don't know the players. And also with the ladies, I know with celebrities and with, you know, the programs and, and stuff, you know, if you don't know anything, you might not even make friends because they will find you to be boring or not contributing anything. In this world, including the job, a job itself, you might know how to do things excellently and your, you know, your track record proves. But you know what? You are going to be hired based on how you are going to explain things. You know, knowledge in a way but the bible speaks about something that is amazing i believe that even in the time of the prophet hosea people knew new stuff they had lovely knowledge i mean there were discoveries and certain things that people knew really well then but listen to what hosea chapter 4 says it says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. The knowledge that it talks about that they were lacking, it is the knowledge of God, which is similar to even our age. It is more like the knowledge of God, if you are to know anything of the scripture, that thing it is undermined. 
If you may say to someone and saying, I am going to study theology, study theology. You, you can be even get criticized seriously to say, come on. You know, just you, you preacher, you've got brains, man. We can see something of the business in you. Don't waste your time and money and go after this theological stuff. As such, you're not going to get encouraged easily. But the Bible says people were perishing because of the lack of knowledge. And that's the knowledge of God. Let me quickly show this example also. Paul simply says also in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I think from verse 29, that's when he brings this thing. He says, many of you, among you, he's talking to the church, are sick and they also die prematurely. Because, in the next verse, you are not descending the body of Christ. The church, we are quick and I mean, we, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. We teach about the blood of Jesus. But when we look at the covenant, Jesus himself spoke about two things. There's the cup, which is his blood. And his blood signifies our salvation, the ransom, you know, that, that purchases us. It's for salvation and it's also the sign of the covenant that we have with God. But what about the body of Jesus? He says these people, because of they don't discern, they don't pay attention to what is rightfully theirs in the body of Jesus itself. Because of the prophet Isaiah says, in, you know, on his body, he bore our sicknesses and our iniquities. You know, by whose stripes? His body took the lashes to pay for sicknesses and diseases. Matthew comes and also says, he declares that he himself bore our infirmities and our diseases. You know, it's more like when you get saved, it is the blood that washes your sins and you are in the covenant. And it is the body of Jesus that brings even healing over your body. First Peter, actually Second Peter chapter 2 verse 24, it comes to that, it says... Actually, by his stripes, we were healed in the past, 2,000 years ago. But the church is sick and is perishing out of sickness. We have lost even, you know, our, our lovely people, you know, through this. But the Bible says it's because the body of Jesus is not being descent. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide by my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus simply says, what will bring freedom to the disciples, people who believe in, in, in him, not those who are coming from outside. Because of freedom is for the believers. The Bible it says, it's for freedom that we have been set free. You know, it says in this, if you, you, you study my word, you know, and out of my word, you will have the knowledge. And the knowledge that you have in my word will make you to have liberty, not prayer. Prayer is good, but prayer doesn't set us free. Casting out demons and binding and doing that, that in itself, yes, it sets people free, it delivers. But it's not necessarily for, for continuing in life. You need the weight. 
to live in that freedom. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord and his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us according to godly, I mean, by, by glory and virtue. Even there, it simply says, even if the divine power of God has given us everything, it says those things, they come through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. If you don't have that lovely knowledge, you're living under what is rightfully yours. The Bible says they are connected to the knowledge of the word of God. The Bible also tells us that the sons of God are seated at the right hand of God with Jesus Christ. And it doesn't say they will sit. It's not a future thing when we go in heaven. The Bible simply says right now, those who are of Christ, the sons, and when I'm mentioning sons here, I'm talking about even the daughters. You know, it's just sonship. You are also included in there. Because of God simply says, those who believe in Christ, he gave them to become children of God. And somewhere, somewhere, the Bible talks about the sons of God, and it means us. It says we are seated at the right hand of God. The right hand of God is not like God when his throne is here, and we are on this side of the throne. It's more of, it talks about, that's the position of authority. It is the position of power. It is the position that we are in as the church of Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 23 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. It says it is important, Paul is praying for the church, that their eyes of their understanding may have the light. One, to know the hope. Hope is not a wishful thinking. You know, like I'm hoping that I get home and things are right. But that is not necessarily an active expectation. The hope that is talking about, it simply says, the Bible says, Jesus, it is return. It's our sure hope. You know, we're expecting to participate in that. Hope is like, you know what, this is what I see in Christ. This is, I, this is what I see the Bible talks about. I hope to participate in it. You know, I can walk in it as such. And it says, you know, that we may know the hope of his calling. And uh, what are the riches, you know, it's just still to know what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. And what is exceeding greatness in his power to what us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Jesus when he rose, he raised him from the dead. Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God. Mark that one. And seated him at the right hand of the of the right hand in the heavenly places. That's where Jesus is sitting in the right hand in the heavenly places, not on earth, far above all principality, power and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that is to come. And he put all things under his feet. The Bible says God has taken everything to put it under. So basically Jesus, he's above in authority than anything. 
When you think of creation, creation is under Jesus. It takes commands from Christ. When you think of, of, of angels, angels are under Jesus. And Jesus, in this sense, he talks about the man, the son of man. God who came and took the, the flesh, you know, to live in order to basically appropriate what is rightfully ours. Because of his love. Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 7, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us. You know, God loved us and he, with, because of his riches of his mercy and his love. Even when we were dead in trespasses, the Bible says we were dead. We were dead from the time when Adam was dead. Spiritual death is not necessarily physical death. Spiritual death is separation with God. You can see yourself still alive. Adam and Eve, they saw themselves still alive. The only thing is, you know, they could not interact with God the way they were to interact with, you know. And that brought legally the physical death eventually. After 930 years, Adam died. He made us alive together with Christ. The Bible says we were dead, and but when we got born again, we, we came back into life. That's the spiritual truth. Physically, I was still alive when I got born again. But spiritually, what was spiritually dead by birth came back to life. I'm alive in Christ. He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the Bible says now, God has made us to sit in the seat of authority of Jesus. In that ages, in the ages to come, he might, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness, of, uh, the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. The position of Christ, you know, what we find is to know and understand what we are in God. It is much more ideal to know what Christ, who Christ is. It's impossible. There's no way you can be a Christian without Christ. You are a Christian because of you following in the steps of Jesus Christ. And that qualifies you. Not religious way in the way that it is used today. There are many Christians and when you look into who are you following, you will be surprised. There's no Christ in there. There's no Christ likeness. In the same way that Jesus was the exact, you know, the exact representation of God. And now we are exact representation of Jesus because we are in him. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 to 11. We're not going to read because of time. But when you read it, you find that one. The Bible says Jesus humbled himself. In this manner, Jesus was God. He lacked nothing. And it was just basically God by his love that he would just, you know, humble himself in Jesus to take the form and the nature and the limitations of man. When he was here, he was not operating as God. The Bible says he came. The baby Jesus, he, was, he grew in stature, in knowledge and in wisdom. He had to learn things just like human beings. He had to stay, you know, to stay and study the scriptures and ask questions from, from, the, for the, from the Pharisees or the priests in the temples. And the Bible says now he increased in knowledge. God doesn't increase in knowledge. God has got perfect knowledge. 
but it is the man who needs an increase in knowledge. He humbled himself. And he did not know everything except through the Holy Spirit. At some point, the woman who had the issue of the blood, he touched, you know, him. And he could perceive that there's something that came out of him. But he didn't know who did that. And he's asking, it was not a rhetorical question. He knew power were left. But who touched me? And they are saying, no, I mean, everyone is touching you. And say, yes, there's someone who touched my, my garment. He became a human even though he was God. He died on the cross. I want to explain something here. This is what I find. If Adam died from the time where he disobeyed God, spiritually, in separation, then Jesus on the cross, he also had to die spiritually before he could die physically. This is what we read. The Bible says there were two declarations that he made. One, it was the cry, Eloi, Eloi, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Separation had come in. He had allowed, you know, the spiritual death to come. You know, when he took the sins of the mankind, then death in itself, it warranted his spirit to die. I'll qualify it. When you read the book of, of John, when, 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 when his arrest was very close, I think it's one of the Gospels, and also in John, in the book of John, Jesus simply said, there's no, the son, there's no one who can take his life from him. He says, the son, meaning himself, as a human being, I have the power to take my life and I lay it down. And after three days, I take it back. You see, the control of life, it was with him totally. He was not under the curse and the death of the humankind. Then, the sins, your sins, my sins, and, you know, everyone's sin who will ever exist and those who have existed before, they were all on Jesus. And those sins warranted separation with God. For the first time, he felt separated. You know, the agony of living without God and dead spiritually. And death in itself, because of when they came to arrest him, before they would crucify him, the Bible says, it records, they came with Judas and they asked, we are looking for Jesus of Nazareth and he said, I am he. It says that group of them, the whole of them, because of Jesus was much more powerful and they could not, you know, you could not kill Jesus. It was impossible. The protection of God was around him. They tried at some point. They pushed him. They wanted to push him to the cleave for him to die there because of they thought he was blaspheming. God. But the Bible says because of it was not time. He had the control over the fact that I live or I die. The Bible says he just disappeared in the midst of them. And he left and he continued. And he operated in his kingdom. They planned so much to kill him, but they could not. At that moment, it says they all went back and they fell under the power of God. And they, he asked them now, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I had said, and now, because of he was releasing himself. And when he did that, actually, when even Peter saw that, oh, the power of God is just right here, he even took his, you know, sword, cut the ear. Jesus performed the miracle, the ear was just healed in their watch. And he went to, to the execution. 
And now, at the cross, he was able to die and say, My father, I give my soul unto you. He was simply saying, My body now, it's released over to your purposes. And he died. Number two, which I think it will, it will raise a whole lot of debates around. When he died, immediately, he didn't go to heaven. I always thought, until I saw the scripture. The Bible records, he went to hell. I want to believe that what took him to hell was the sins of the humankind. Because sin must be punished and judged in hell. That's what hell, it's made, it's made for the devil. But anyone who sins goes there. Our sins took him to hell. And we read in the scripture, we're not going to do. But when you look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 to 11, it shows that he who ascended, he had to first descend. And it shows that he even descended to the lower parts of the earth. Matthew says, you know, he went even into the heart of the earth. That's where hell is. Spiritual hell is in the heart of the earth, on this earth. He was there. Whether he suffered our torment, I have no idea. But all I know is sin must be punished. And the Bible says God rose him from the dead. I want to believe that before he was physically risen, he, he, he was risen spiritually while he was in hell. That's when he was born again. I want to believe that. Because of he was born once when he came through Mary, but he had to be born again. The Bible records that today I have begotten you. And it says, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Where are the dead? In hell. Before he went there, the dead, whether... Abraham, you know, Luke chapter 16, it records that the rich man died. And he went where? To hell. Lazarus also died. And where did he go? Abraham's bosom. And it shows that they were able to see each other. Abraham's bosom was a place that the old people, you know, those who died then, if they were believing in God, they were in that area. They were not in heaven. They were able to see. And this man was able to see Lazarus. And he says, please send Lazarus to come here and, you know, bring water for me because of I am in your torment. And the book of Peter also records when he was in hell. I wonder whether it's after resurrection. It should be, I think. It says now he preached to the people who died around the time of Noah. Matthew says, you know, it says even, you know, the graves were open. It says many people who had died, they saw them, you know, uh, resurrecting and going into the, 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 the most holy city. That was in heaven. People in the Abraham's bosom, they just resurrected now to go in heaven, but not physically because of rapture is still coming. All bodies finally are going to resurrect. But Jesus resurrected with his own body and it became a glorified body. The body of the flesh and bones... And bodies got no limitations like our physical bodies. That's how we are going to be changed. He was able to eat in his body. He ate fish with them. He ate and drank with them. But his body was able to even disappear through the walls. He was able to even go to heaven and come back. Forty days he, he appeared to them. But when he resurrected because of he had not gone to the father first. The Bible says he did not allow even Mary to touch her. Because of he had not yet 
been glorified. He was still supposed to go as the high priest to present our sacrifices to God in heaven. And when he came back, he stayed with them 40 days. And now they were able to touch him and enjoy him. He was exalted above all. He was taken to heaven and seated at the right hand of, of, of the Father in heaven. The right hand is the position of the highest authority there is under God. And he was given the name that is above all names. That's what Philippians says. Why would Jesus have to go through those? Because of God's love. Because of God wanted to save us. He wanted him to suffer these things for us, you know, to have our, our redemption. Because of God wanted to have sons. He wanted the family in us. But, wonderful thing is, he doesn't want us to come to be lower than angels. He has put us in a position which is higher than angels themselves. Lovely story, eh? I love God. I love God. He became like us that, so that we could be, become sons of God like him. Jesus took our place so that we could be like him. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, which is very, very shocking. We, you know, as contrary to what we, we teach and we preach in church. The Bible says, he who was perfect, who knew nothing, became sin for us in order for us to become the righteousness of God. There was an exchange of the nature right there. Sin has no power over righteousness. It cannot. Righteousness is much more stronger than sin. The Bible says sin followed only one offense. But the Bible says righteousness followed multitudes of offenses to make righteous. The Bible says where sin is increasing, grace abounds even more. It's always at the top. So if God has made you holy, there's nothing that can ever change you because you are holy within you. And But God has given us a responsibility and the authority to live what is inside, what is already given. He was buried. When he was buried, we were buried with him. And we also symbolize that in baptism to say we, have been, we, we died with Christ, we resurrected with him, and we're not going to die anymore. Jesus has gone to hell for us. It's more like in the eyes of God, we have already gone to hell with him, you know, and we came back, he redeemed us, and now we're not going to go there because of Jesus has already paid for that. We're not going to walk that route. Okay, yeah. He was raised from the dead and we raised with him. And he was seated at the right hand of the Father and we sat with him. This reveals that we have the high position of power in heaven and on earth. Our position the power that we have, it's exactly in the power of Jesus. Jesus, when he resurrected, when he came and he was speaking to his disciples, he said something that he never said before. Actually, he had no qualification to say. He had the power over the devil. He had the power over death, yes. But his authority as the human being, it was in the line with the authority that Adam had. Adam was given dominion here on earth over the fish, over the things of the air and the you know animals of the of the ground, and that's it. But Jesus, when he comes, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's the human being. You operate with that authority in heaven and on earth. 
This means that the church is subject to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit only. Angels, demons, in all their ranks, the Bible talks about principalities and powers of darkness. We don't care what rank it is. All those ranks are under us. We are the masters to the devil. We don't bow to sin, to difficulty, to situations. Those things have to bow to us. They have to operate by our own command. And if we don't command, if we don't dominate, we are dominated illegally by the enemy because of the lack of knowledge and revelation. Where is that authority now? The Son of God, which is you, you operate with the authority of the right hand of God while on earth. This authority is given and it is in your own human recreated spirit within you. Not outside, within you. Paul, when he writes, he emphasizes this thing that live by the spirit, walk by the spirit, pray in the spirit. You know, it's more like do everything, worship God in the spirit and in truth because in your spirit, man, you are connected with God. You are very right. And your life is not about looking outside, inside. The Bible says, work out your own salvation inside, out. And that is power. When you command sickness, death, demons, and all that is not of God, they have to flee because uh, you are above them in authority and power. When you command demons, the Bible says command, cast out demons, heal the sick. It doesn't say pray for the sick. It says heal the sick. Where it says they will pray for the sick, it is elders. It says if anyone among you is, is sick, let them come to the elders and they will lay their hands on, on him and it says God will raise the sick person and the, the prayer of the righteous will make the person whole. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. As freely as you have been given, freely give. That's the instructions that the apostles have, have gotten and as such it is our instruction because of one of the qualifications in terms of preaching the gospel it was like, you need to teach them to obey what I have commanded you. So what they were commanded, it is, it is passed on to us also. And we are to command and pass it on to others. This is the gospel. That's how it is. In John chapter 14, verse 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. Verse 16, verse 23 to 24. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask my Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your, your joy may be full. God has given us the most powerful and the most excellent and the most high name. He has given us these things so that we may operate as kings and also as priests, you know, in our prayer. 
king's command. Kings have got authority. Kings have got, you know, they've got the officials, people who are working for them, people who does things. And as a king, you have the Holy Spirit who will help you do things. The Holy Spirit is not under you. You are under him and he is within you, but he's not going to violate your own will to operate. The reason why we don't see much of the things is because of we're not looking to allow him to do. Because of God, he's humble still even today. He's humble, yet powerful. You know? He's so gentle, but yet, you're the power that comes there. Dynamite, bringing life back, you know, around. I believe, friends, that God wants us to stand in our authority. He wants us to understand that authority because of the church. The church, the glory of, of God. The Bible says it is through the church. God it made it, it made it his intention that through the church, which is you, you know, which is me, the body of Christ, which Jesus is the head of the body. And, be, you know, over him it's only God. And be, beyond, you know, and beyond you, there's no any other. You only have Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God. And everything else, circumstances, conditions, you are not under circumstances. You are over circumstances. You are not to be managed and being killed, you know, by, by, by these things, you know, outside your will. Paul, Paul, I learned something. He even saw the revelation of the fact that even death itself, death, death, he had authority over it. He says, death, where is your sting? Jesus, you know, took the keys of the, the place of Hades. The devil has no control, even he does not have the keys of hell. It is us who are going to even judge with Jesus, you know, at the last day, as such. And he says, you know, death, your power is broken because your power has been seen and sin has been done away. You know, the curse of, 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 of sin was death, and therefore death has no power. Paul simply says, you know, he, he had this revelation. He says, you know what, I wish that I can be with you when he's writing to the, to, the, to the Philippians. But, you know, I am between the two things. I am just thinking whether should I die and be with the Lord or I be with you. But he says, for your sake, I will be with you. That to me is a choice. To say, I choose to live. And because of his willpower to live and not giving death, you know, even power to reign in him. He was even stoned for death, but he refused to die. Came back and preached the next day. And he was alive. You know, I just see that as a revelation to say, even death, 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 the church has got power over death. But if we don't operate with our authority, the devil takes advantage. Shall we stand on our feet? Amen.